Welcome to the GateWorld Podcast. This is episode number 43 of the GateWorld Podcast. I'm Darren. And I'm David. And this is a show where two nerds talk about the Sci-Fi Channel's long-running franchise, Stargate. We've got a packed show, packed full of jam. We're talking about spoilers in our main discussion today. No spoilers, don't worry, but we're talking about the concept of spoilers and being spoiled and what the internet has done to television viewing. Uh, We've also got a preview of GateWorld's upcoming interview with actor David Nickel, who plays Dr. Zelenka on Stargate Atlantis. Stargate news, site features. But before we get to news, uh, here's another special. We have, uh, straight from Big Finish Productions, a preview clip of their new audiobook, First Prime, which will be available on May 30th on CD or online download. First Prime stars Christopher Judge as Teal'c. Let's give this a listen. The mouth caught this just as Colonel Neal sent his IDC, said General Hammond. I saw the familiar beaten steel of the armored suits, the cobra helmets and ruby eyes. How could I not know them? I had fought for decades inside the very same war gear. The armor of the Serpent Guard Cadre, sworn warriors in service of the system Lord Apophis. The tactics were also known to me. An ambush with a collapsing ring of advancing men designed to funnel an enemy toward the Chapa Eye for capture or execution. I knew it well. I had used it often enough when I had been first prime. I heard O'Neill call Major Carter's name. I saw her, glimpsed at the edge of the probe's field of view, moving and firing, making for the Stargate. She was at the steps upon the pedestal, only a hand span away. The blast struck her at an angle, the impact throwing her high, as if she were a toy discarded by some petulant child. I watched the major fall toward the gate. Where is she? Once again, that's Christopher Judge as Teal'c in First Prime, the new audio novel from Big Finish Productions. It's available at the end of this month. You can download it online, or you can purchase the CD, and we'll have a second clip from First Prime in next week's podcast. You can learn more about the Big Finish audio novels at bigfinish.com, or head over to GateWorld's book section. Stargate News. And here are your headlines from GateWorld for May 20th, 2009. A few more details have arrived for Stargate's summer DVD lineup. Stargate SG-1 Children of the Gods, the final cut, will be available on July 21st in North America. That's Region 1. Series co-creator Brad Wright and editor Brad Rines revisited the show's original pilot. They scrubbed it. They bathed it. They cleaned it up. They added and changed takes. A couple of bits of deleted footage absolutely waxed out the nudity. And the Stargate Atlantis Fans Choice Blu-ray disc will be coming out August the 4th. And it includes extended versions of the two-part series premiere Rising and Enemy at the Gate. The Blu-ray discs will be priced at $29.99, presented in 1080p widescreen video. Those are very, very nice. Do you have a Blu-ray player yet? I do not. I'm waiting for Battlestar Galactica to come out. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Children of the Gods Final Cut once again is out on July 21st. Uh, Atlantis Fans Choice on Blu-ray is August 4th. But before that, at the end of June, we're going to see Stargate Atlantis Season 5. Sweet. We may, just may, have the title to the first Stargate Atlantis movie. Joe Malazzi, uh, executive producer of Stargate Atlantis and the co-writer of the Atlantis movie, 
has teased fans over this past weekend with the uh, initial working title of the movie as Stargate Extinction. And this is hilarious. He didn't he didn't come right out and say it on his blog. He set up a, a Twitter. He hates Twitter. Uh, he hates the concept of Twitter, just like you, David. But he set up a Twitter account for his dogs, his his pugs, uh, and they do a little keyboard mash every day, which is hilarious. Um, so this photo showed up on the dog's Twitter, which is a, a photo of Joe's computer screen with the title page of the script. So Stargate Extinction, written by Joseph Malazzi and Paul Mulley. Our interview with Joe Flanagan is now live on the website. This brief interview done by Darren at the official Stargate SG-1 Atlantis Creation Convention in Vancouver showcases uh, Joe Flanagan in all of his glory. We're sorry that it's so short. Hopefully we'll have more with Joe very soon. One of the questions or requests that we get the most often on GateWorld is from new viewers who are new to the franchise saying, what order should I watch? Stargate in. I know that there's some overlap between SG-1 and Atlantis, and then there's a couple of movies in there. How do I watch all this without screwing up the continuity? So we've gotten around to publishing our recommended viewing order this week. You can check that out on the website. It obviously starts with Stargate the movie and the first seven seasons of SG-1, then things get a little complex. So especially if you're new to Stargate, go and check that out, and I hope it helps your viewing pleasure. I think that this is this is worthy of being added to the AQ. This is this is pretty significant. When As the franchise expands, gets bigger, it's going to become necessary to have a place where this is organized chronologically, not just in production order, but in, in terms of uh, the fabric of the series. Uh, God help us, if Stargate ever does a prequel, it'll especially be needed at that mm. point, but uh, I think it's worthy of a uh, frequently asked item. Yep, this will definitely go in the FAQ, and we'll try and keep it visible to people for many moons to come. Gate World's resident columnist, Sean Farrell. You may know him of Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing fame. Sean had a chance to talk with Jamie Duncan and Holly Scott, the authors of Stargate SG-1 Hydra, the latest official SG-1 tie-in novel from Fandemonium. And Sean chatted with the authors from across the pond, about their collaboration for this project. They touched on their previous novel, which was SG-1 Siren Song, and discussed the evil side of Daniel Jackson, Colonel Mayborn, writing action scenes, and much more. That interview is now on GateWorld, called A Novel Idea. Last Friday on the Friday Five, GateWorld's new Friday Top 5 countdown feature, we looked at the best episodes of Jacob Carter. Totally, totally, my opinion, the best episodes of Jacob Carter our beloved Toker dad. Um, this was a hard list to pick, and even now I'm kind of kind of wishing that I'd maybe made a change or two. Jacob's got so many great moments that are just scattered throughout the whole series. But that's now on the five, and coming this Friday is Earth Under Siege, the five greatest attacks on the planet Earth. My Monday additions to the website, the screen capture galleries. We are doing the Stargate SG-1 Timeline to the Future documentaries, the three uh, separate documentaries, only one of which was released in Region 1 for the uh, United States in the original run of the DVDs, and then Part 2 and 3 were put into the complete series. And it came out and it was listed on the DVD box set as part one, or I think even part one of three. Part one of a three-part documentary. They never released the other two until the complete series rolled around. Region 2 got it. 
Europe had them all the entire time, and I'm, I was just sitting here scratching my head, like, what are they doing? Yeah. And then their master plan was revealed when the uh, complete series box set came out. That uh, they specifically held off on on DVD special features, specifically removed some from the box from from the the season releases to have something exclusive for Region One in the series box set. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if that was the case because there's so much in the complete series box set in those extra bonus discs uh the complete series has an extra four discs of just bonus features that are drawn from over the course of several years of sg1 and i always wondered if they deliberately held them back or if there were technical issues like they didn't have enough space on the discs i mean i don't know and gate world's brand new interview coming up in the next few days is with actor david nickel one of our friends who plays dr radek zelenka on stargate atlantis david is a great guy and Chad Colvin and I caught up with him at the convention last month and sat down for a great little audio chat. Here's a clip. Any certain episode over the course of season five that stands out in your mind for Zelenka? I mean, he obviously made an important contribution at the end, and then he made the get with the wormhole drive and and getting back to Earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of, kind of, kind of the Zelenka thing. Um, I remember the seed right off the top. Uh, it was kind of the uh, the year that Zelenka got whomped a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bolts of lightning, tendrils of gooey stuff, um, even uh, oh, even stabbing, even a uh, even a stabbing from Jennifer Keller. I just like her to stab Zelenka. <laughs> that, you, kidding, Jewel. <laughs> did you feel at all in the script uh, with the way that the introduction of the wormhole drive? You know that line kind of came out of left field as far as yeah. Yeah, yeah, feelings, uh, yeah, a little bit. Well, I mean, it was just that's the script, and that's uh, there's uh, the writers have a reason for why why to put that. I, I think that you know that uh, that Joe was in the same sort of situation as all of us were, you know, to like tie it up and do it quickly because this is looks this looks like to be the end. So I know that he was disappointed, as we all were, that it's that it's that it's coming to an end. So I guess it was to try to address certain issues uh, at once and that's I think where the rushed feeling comes from. I don't think you can fault him for that. It's just the nature of how it how it was all tied together. The main discussion. Our main discussion topic today is spoilers. Love them, hate them. They definitely change the way that we watch Stargate and television. So, David, you and I have been polarized on this issue for quite a while, and one of the reasons that we picked this topic for the podcast is we agreed too dang much, so let's find something that we disagree about. Well, I think it's a very good conversation to have. Our website, this podcast even, operates on the internet. Can you believe this podcast operates on the internet? Mm. The interwebs. As opposed to all the podcasts that are right. broadcast That's over right. the radio. If you are in to exploring what uh, realms on the internet that show has in terms of its fandom, you uh, will probably encounter spoilers in the process, depending on just how much you dig and how savvy you are, uh, um, and uh, whether or not you're capable of reading internet road signs. Uh, you may get spoiled yourself. I personally hate spoilers. Mm-hmm. This is coming from a person who helps to run one of the largest Stargate sites on the web who understands... Who, who recognizes out of necessity that we must have news and we, we must be reporting. Now, let me ask you, before you go any farther, do you hate being exposed to spoilers? Do you hate reading spoilers yourself? Or do you hate the entire spoiler phenomenon and the fact that other people get to read them? I don't care that other people uh, read them. I, I accept 
the spoiler phenomenon as an entity that cannot change. I have no interest in changing it. I don't have a problem with hurricanes. It's fine that they're there, <laughs> but it, the thing That's is that it's analogy. my it's my obligation to avoid them because I wish to stay whole and and mm-hmm. and one. When you publish a spoiler report, I don't read it. Mm-hmm. All of the spoiler reports that you have published since Lost City, Lost City was the last draw for me. Mm. And you published a spoiler report for that about six or seven months ahead of time, detailing a volcanic planet and all this stuff. I said that, that that's it. I can't can't look at these anymore. I can't I can't take it. The longer that I watch the show, the more I get in the minds of the writers, and the the greater heads up that I have ahead of time. I've already figured it out. Mm-hmm. And the only way for me to keep my interest clear and fresh. And and for me to keep about prancing happily along in, in uh, Stargate fandom is to stay away from mm-hmm. them. Because once I, I get a whiff of spoiler reports, my brain generally computes the direction where they're going and has already solved the story months before I've seen it. That's definitely the way it goes. I've been writing spoiler reports now for several years and uh, very much got to the point where you kind of see the way that, that the writers operate, the way that they structure stories. Uh, and so after you've read six or eight or 12 pages of, of a script, uh, this is where our spoiler reports come from on the internet largely, is fans have gotten access to the casting process. And for a television show, not just for Stargate, but for all television shows and films, they send out uh, what are called sides, which are, I'm auditioning for the role of Bob <laughs> in the show, and Bob has... Uh, three lines of dialogue on page eight, and then he's got a scene from page uh, 21 to 24, and then he's got three more lines of dialogue on page 45. So we're going to get just those pages isolated from all the rest of the script. Uh, so we get a handful of pages of this, the actual script, but they're all broken up. So you you sometimes you have more information to figure out what's going on in the, in the episode. Sometimes you have much, much less. Um, that's where this stuff comes from, but I very much got to the point writing spoiler reports where I, when the episode finally aired six months later, I would sit down and watch it and say, yeah, that's just about how I expected that they were going to do it. There were no mm. surprises. And obviously, geez, when you get a chance to read a tenth of the script, you know, you're asking for no surprises. My biggest beef with you personally, and this may not be you now, but it certainly was you in the beginning, and I'm going to borrow from Star Trek V, perhaps because it is there is not sufficient reason for writing spoiler reports. <laughs> because when you think of it, when the, the way that I always perceived that you approached it when you would negotiate with me about this is, if we don't write the spoiler report, someone else will. And they'll get well, the traffic to their sites. Other people do. And this was much much more an argument that I was making many years ago uh, in the early days of our spoiler writing, when Gateworld was not quite the, the the large behemoth in the fan community that it is now, so competing was was a much bigger deal in terms of writing those those spoiler reports and and wanting people to come to us as your complete guide to Stargate and not being able to find huge amounts of information about unaired episodes on other sites and not on Gateworld. But that was that was always very carefully qualified, and our spoiler policy up until 2008 has been, if we can figure it out from the little pages that we have, we, we try not to spoil any major plot revelations, uh, the act out, uh, that, that last little twist at the end of an act, uh, 
and we don't spoil anything from the last couple of acts. Stargate is written in a five-act structure. So Act 4 and Act 5, no matter how fantastic it is, no matter what we learn in those pages, we don't report it. We only report the first half to two-thirds of the pages. And you originally blew everything from up to Act 5. I remember, I remember us having an interview with Claudia Black. And, I don't know if that's she, true. Well, I remember reading Lost City, and you said I mean, we got to the point with Prokhorov found us, and uh, we get the we get the battery power, and we race back to Earth to solve the problem. Can they do it? And I'm thinking to myself, man, that was everything, <laughs> mm-hmm. except for the except for Prometheus and Jack being frozen. But you said you knew even that, so that was out there on the web. And you didn't report it. Was, it was, yeah. The, the Lost City Part That's 2 scary. casting sides included uh, everything up to the very end. What uh, scene the, of the, what guest star was that needed for that that got out? I don't know. That's a great question. I don't remember um, why those pages were in there. Uh, what was interesting was that uh, that's when we learned that the original ending of Lost City was not what ended up being aired. Uh, the original draft that we saw sides for for Lost City ended with Jack being frozen and then we transition to uh, millions of years ago and the city of Atlantis is in Antarctica and it lifts off and flies away. And of course that scene ends up being transplanted over into the the premiere of Atlantis. That was at the end of Lost City originally. The city and and Jack being frozen we we left out of the spoiler report. Mm -hmm. So in my defense, you know, it's, it's I feel like I can only offer so much of a defense, but in my defense, we definitely have rules about spoilers, uh, right. and we don't reveal the end of the episode. Well, another one of those things that uh, has has kind of mystified me over the years is our seeming unwillingness to ask the question of the fandom, do you like being spoiled, yes or no? And part of me wonders if you're specifically afraid to know that answer. Oh, no, no. Because... The question has certainly been asked. I don't know if we've ever done a formal poll on it. I think we did a once a long time ago. I don't recall what the numbers are, uh, the breakdown of the response to that, if we did a poll. But uh, there was a bit of a backlash when I started asking that question. When I started, I wrote, a, I wrote an article several years ago, and I bet I can find a link and post it in the show notes. It's called Let's Stop Spoiling Stargate. It was yep. an editorial where we were basically, I was laying out GateWorld's revised spoiler policy, which says we will not give you every piece of information that we can figure out. We're not going to reveal the end of the episodes. Um, And that article got some backlash from spoiler lovers saying, you know, who are you to, to tell me what I can and can't know? If you know the information as a fan, you have a responsibility of sharing it with me. And how dare you be so high and mighty as to say, Oh, we're not going to give away this information. So there's some fans out there who definitely want it and are, I think, uh, upset about the fact that, that we don't share absolutely every little nugget that we can find out. Just because information is available does not mean that I, as a fan, am entitled to it. Mm. That, is, that is so amazingly absurd, in my <laughs> opinion. That uh, sure the information is there, but that doesn't mean that it's my province to have access to it. Come on, yeah. these are not UN documents that we're talking about here. These are these are not like country to country negotiations. This is a television show. Yeah. But still, that that being said, you know this is 
don't you want to watch the show and find out how it happens? Yeah, and the spoiler phenomenon on the internet is such a, a curious little animal to me because basically what it is is we get to look behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a look at an episode of our favorite show that is in production, that is being made. It's like seeing a cut of an episode that's not finished yet. Uh, like uh, we've seen in, in recent years, episodes of Atlantis have been leaked onto the internet uh, before broadcast, but they're not the complete episode. They're missing final score, they're missing sound effects, sometimes they're even missing visual effects. Mm-hmm. So, you know, take that back several million steps, and if you got a chance to read the script, even if you had the entire script for an episode, uh, then watching the episode finished six months later becomes a very different sort of experience. What I would say to people is don't expect that when, when you read spoilers, first of all, don't expect that it's not going to impact your enjoyment of the show if that's information that you never would have known and had gone in to watch the episode blind. Um, and second of all, uh, know what you're looking at. You're looking at, at early pre-production material. I mean, it's kind of like looking at concept art, or it's, it's like looking at, at CGI models that have not been fully rendered. It's, the mm-hmm. episode takes a long time and a lot of hard work from a lot of people to get finished, so... Don't judge an episode based on its spoilers, which we see all the time. People read spoilers and say, oh, this episode's going to suck. Or even this episode's going to be awesome. But there's just no place for that, in my opinion, because you're seeing a product before it's finished. A smaller part, in my opinion, of it is the Anakin Skywalker effect. The reveal that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader, or that Darth Vader, rather, is Anakin Skywalker. You know, there's a certain adolescent not necessarily in age, but maybe in personality, portion of the group who wants to be the one to break that news. I have the biggest story. You guys are going to love me for it. And you're going to hate me for it at the same time. But yeah. Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Let yeah. her rip. You know? <laughs> it's an attention getter. It is for, for websites attention. like ours that, that, that post spoiler reports. It's, some of it is, is about the attention that it gets you. And when you are dependent on traffic to survive... The standards are just going to be dragged down and through the mud. Well, I'm proud that we've we've kept the standards up there for several years. There are other sites that publish much, much more than we do. So from we're the not same dependent material. on spoilers anymore, though. Yep. We're we're fortunate to be well known. You know that we can that we can sit on our proverbial little high horses and say that we're not going to do this and and let the troubled uh, masses of of smaller websites below pick up those crumbs and and. Um, and shoot them out and get the exclusives. That, that's a benefit of GateWorld's relative success. What I don't understand, Battlestar Galactica's spoiler dried up. Their spoiler reports dried up around yep. season three, the beginning of season three with Exodus. Yep. What is it that Stargate is doing that they can't do the same thing? Two things happen with Battlestar, and I know exactly what they are because they happen to me. Uh, we had a little Battlestar section on GateWorld, uh, that was publishing news uh, back at the beginning of Season 3. That's now spun off to, to be part of SciFiStream.com. Um, but I we got casting sides just the same way that we do for Stargate. They show up for other shows, and for Battlestar, for the Season 3 premiere, they showed up. And so I wrote a spoiler report and tried to, to keep it reined in and not reveal everything that was out there. And Ron Moore, the runner of the show, emailed me, and I later found out several other 
spoiler site, Webmasters, and said, you know, guys, uh, this is really disheartening to all of us when this stuff gets out so early, and I know that you can do this, you have every right to do this, but I'm approaching you as, as... A human being. A human being as the runner of this show and asking you to please not. And I agreed not to do it anymore. And I think a lot of other spoiler webmasters agreed not to do it anymore for that show. Uh, but then, the capper is those casting sites for Battlestar stopped showing up. After that episode, I have never seen another one for Battlestar. So they found another way to, to do their casting process and to get those sides out there. What boggles me is that Stargate can't, or Stargate won't, or whoever tr- takes care of the casting sides for Stargate says, oh, Battlestar, yes, Ron Moore, we'll do it, whatever you want. Brad Wright, Rob Cooper, who are, who are they? I don't know who they are. No, keep on posting them. Keep on publishing those casting sides. I'm not sure if it's something that they have never looked into as to how to to keep those sides from showing up on those websites that fans have access to or if if they've they've tried and there's just no way or they don't want to alter their their casting process i don't know how big a deal it is to brad and rob and joe and paul i think it's a reasonably big enough deal there are plenty of characters in the stargate universe now that you can go back to a previous episode you know this this new character is kind of like eris bach let's let let's let the the casting director give the Eris Box sides to mm-hmm. this actor. They did no? that for Universe to begin with. When they were There's casting no... the main cast of Universe, they picked uh, scenes from Atlantis and SG-1 past and changed the names. Uh, yep. Eli was, was given a scene for McKay, I think. It was funny, another, another spoiler site that was not as educated about Stargate actually thought that those were Universe casting sides and posted the information as Universe. <laughs> we all recognized it immediately as... Why are the universe characters so worried about the wraith attacking? (laughs) That's rich. Oh, I love it. How embarrassing. That's great. Um, You know, as big a problem as it is, from my perspective, and I know I'm not seeing the entire picture, certainly, otherwise it probably would have been changed. These are solvable problems. Mm. You know, in my opinion, none of this, nothing unpublished should be getting out. If J.J. Abrams can keep spoilers for Star Trek, on such a tight lid on that movie. Stargate uh-huh. sure should be able to as well. And I'd love Rob or Brad to, to email me and, and clarify because I'd love to raise their points. I think that the, the impression that I'm under now is that Hollywood and and Hollywood North, are there, there are two schools of thought. One is some producers just say, okay, spoilers are simply a fact of life now. They're out there. We're not going to change the way we do things in order to try and fight them. We're just going to do our jobs, and if some fans want to spoil themselves, then that's that's their business. And then another school of thought is actively, we need to keep a lid on this, we need to go through alternate channels, we need to keep these casting sides off these sites, and, and we need to have actors and, and crew people sign really strict confidentiality reports, which I think have, have certainly become much more strict in the last few years. Oh, yeah. And I think there's also an element of one that I think we tap dance around, and, and there we're kind of, but I'm going to blow it out right here. Viewer accountability. Just because something's there, maybe you don't need to go read it. Well, yeah, viewers are accountable to themselves, aren't they? Some people really like it, and for some people it actually enhances, or they are convinced that it enhances mm-hmm. their enjoyment of the show. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an interesting point. There are plenty of shows that I watch that I have zero clue about. Um, there are spoilers out there for shows like Smallville that I deliberately stay away from. And there are some shows like Lost that there are virtually no spoilers out there. Because you are patient. Because I don't run websites for them. 
Ah, um, don't feel so that's interesting. Compelled. To be honest with you, I've felt a little bit uh, shortchanged in my enjoyment of Stargate because I felt like I had to read those and I had to report on them uh, because because we had to compete with other sites that were doing it. I don't feel that way nearly as much anymore, uh, but because I've realized, especially in the last few years of Atlantis, that it definitely has an, a long-lasting impact on my enjoyment of Stargate and what Stargate is. You're starting to realize, I think, that ultimately it is not worth it. That you, as a runner of a large Stargate website, must have a reason to keep going yourself. Yeah. You must have a reason to keep going and logging on every week. And if you know what's coming and you can't discuss it and you can't talk about it and like you said before and, and I think in that specifically stop spoiling Stargate story if, if, if all you're watching is seeing how they executed a story that you know intimately mm-hmm. what difference does it make? Mm-hmm. it's not worth it Lithis Rose says I wish I didn't want to look at spoilers but I can't help myself and I read any that I can find when Atlantis was airing I had a terrible habit I live in California and found myself reading comments on the episode thread from people on the East Coast before seeing it myself. So the show would yeah. air three hours earlier on the East Coast, and then Lithus Rose would go and read those Yeah, comments. see, this is just weakness and being impatient. She also says, I found that I never enjoyed the episodes as much when I did this, and so I tried, not always successfully, to stop myself from peeking. Really, that's a, that's a good example of... of the spoilers is is a very broad category, and so far mm-hmm. we've been talking about uh, the information that comes from casting sides, from select pages of the script before the episode has even been shot. Uh, you know, spoilers could also include people who have seen it and you haven't seen it yet. So Star Trek comes out and people are online talking about it on t- Thursday night, and you're not seeing it until Sunday. Stay away from it. It's one of the reasons that I've stayed away from the forum as much as I have as a moderator because it's not worth it to me when um, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village came out and I received a reported post and I went in there and had the entire film spoiled for me like Mm -hmm. that with one comment of what the nature of the film was. Especially if you are charged with a task like moderating a forum like ours and and running a website like ours, it's sort of a, a hazard of the job. In yeah. some respects, you do a good job because you just stay away from it. Yeah. Uh, as somebody who who has to have his fingers in it a bit more, I mm-hmm. I end up being spoiled on stuff that I wish I was not. Mm-hmm. Just because people are thoughtless and, and post something in a thread title, and that thread yeah, title shows the up Darth on the Vader homepage. Effect. Underground Wire says it doesn't bother me when I see or hear spoilers of TV shows. Again, this is only for TV shows. When it comes to movies, I avoid spoilers altogether. With that said, I was so pissed off at myself when GateWorld posted a picture of who is behind the suit for SGA Season 5's The Lost Tribe. Immediately after I saw that picture, I was so disappointed. I think that was the YouTube clip of the Sci-Fi Channel, who is just as guilty, who released a preview for that character who was behind that suit in The Lost Tribe. Yeah, this this was a video clip that the network uh, released ahead of time. They do this uh, in season four. They did it a bunch for episodes. We would get a video clip uh, for for the upcoming week's episode, and usually they were pretty benign. This one was the reveal of what I think was probably the biggest reveal of all of season five, and this was in their preview clip that they distributed to websites. Um, so there's that effect, and then there's also the... Of course, the the previews that you see at the end of the episode every week for next week's you episode. You won't believe what you see. Oh, look, there's Carson Beckett. It's the linchpin of that entire episode. 
Yeah. So Carson for for Kindred Part One yeah. showed up in the preview the previous week. So Sci-Fi seems to be willing to put just about anything in those teasers that will get more people to watch, which I understand is what the teaser's about. But for us who are enjoying the show, it's it's a knife in the gut, and the network is definitely guilty of those. In my opinion, it is clearly evident that it's people who are who get the file and who scroll through it for something interesting, scroll through the video, and they lock on to uh, Samantha Carter saying, the bomb isn't in the building, the bomb is the building. Ooh, that sounds good, and it's the first thing I've seen. Let's take that and put it in the, in the yeah. trailer, because I don't want to waste my time going through the rest of it. Luna says, my views on spoilers are always changing. There have been times where I would not read any spoilers and other times where I would read anything. At the moment, I don't mind reading Stargate spoilers, but I would not read major spoilers like a character death. There are some shows like Lost where I'm extremely careful when looking for spoilers because I don't want the whole plot spoiled. That's another interesting question that we continually have to debate with and that I debate with but myself. What constitutes a spoiler? Yes. Gateworld has what constitutes a spoiler. Uh, the return of Jacob Carter, for instance, to an, to an episode was, in, in your opinion and in mine too, does not constitute a spoiler. Yeah, a major casting change does not constitute a spoiler. When it was announced that Michael Shanks was not going to return to the show for season six, we had to report it. And Michael Shanks... Does not, you know, Michael Shanks out for for season six or whatever the title. That has to be the title. You can't put up a a really bland, generic news title like character not returning or main actor leaves show. You know, Michael Shanks has got to be in that. That's that's breaking news. So, I mean, yeah, it's a spoiler. Some way or another, they're going to write Daniel out. One of the ones that I think always gets me is Mobius part one. When we released the, the raw in in uh, returns yeah. to Stargate, uh, as recently as a year ago, someone commented to me where I read something about, "Well, you spoiled raw returning." And I'm like, guys, he was just wallpaper. That raw show had nothing to do with the plot or the nature of where in time it was or anything like that. Yeah. He just appeared for the sake of fans. This, I think, is a very important point in this discussion. Is that what constitutes a spoiler is a totally subjective judgment call. And in my judgment, having read some casting pages uh, for Mobius and looking at some photos, I came to the conclusion that it was not a significant spoiler to say that the character appears in the episode. Um, There have been, you know, uh, photos were mentioned a few minutes ago in terms of Lost Tribe, and... We've we've got photos when we get new photos of upcoming episodes. They go into the gallery and then and then show up on the homepage. And sometimes we've had to yank them out uh, and actually not have them in the gallery at all, so that they don't appear on the homepage. So when it comes to photos, how do you make that judgment when you have not seen the episode and and maybe you only know little bits and pieces of it, if anything? When you've not seen the episode and don't know what's a spoiler. When it comes mm-hmm. to photos, how do you know what to put up and what not to? Well, fortunately, mm-hmm. we have a, a great a great press department uh, for Sci-Fi and MGM that puts out the episode photos. And they do a really good job, and I can only think of one instance where a photo has been released that we've had to pull later at the request of the producers. And that was in the episode Broken Ties. Uh, they released a photo with the Wraith holding up his hand that had gotten cut off. Uh, and that was so late ah. in the episode that it was deemed too big of a spoiler, so... We pulled that one down, but yeah, I mean, it's a great question. When it comes to photos, what constitutes a spoiler? Does a character's appearance in the episode constitute a spoiler? And so much of it, you know, is guesswork, like you said. 
in season one of Atlanta Sanctuary, you know, you posted in the spoiler report, you know, that Athar uh, it turns out to be an, an ancient. And, and, and you're reading it as like, well, okay, Athar is an ancient. So that's a part of the episode. And I think Rob got particularly upset about uh, us releasing that and told us to pull it because that ended up being the episode. Oh my gosh, Athar is an ascended being. No, what I what I posted in that spoiler report, I tried to be a little sneaky about it. I, I said, here's this character the team goes and meets and Shepard takes a liking to her. Uh, and she's talking about the the protection that their planet is under, the protection of Athar, who the team figures out is an, is an ascended being, an ancient. Uh, and I did not draw the connection that she actually was Athar. It was abundantly clear in the casting sides, but I, in writing the spoiler report, deliberately did not make that connection. Fans read the spoiler report and figured it out, and said, <laughs> oh, I bet, I bet she's Athar. Uh, so I don't know how much of that is my fault as writing a bad spoiler report, and how much of that is just the the particular elements of the story ended up being predictable in that case. You I don't can't know. beat yourself over the head for, for having really, really perceptive fans who can read between the lines and, and connect the dots. On the one hand, for readers of spoilers, you are getting good at figuring out the rest of the episode. Uh, and on the other hand, you, you have this little phenomenon where people read you know, two or three paragraphs of spoiler material based on six pages scattered throughout a script and pass judgment on that episode and say, this one's going to suck. And I can't believe they're doing this again. Oh, it's so predictable. And you don't know. You've got somebody else's take on a little bit of pre-production material. One of the things that we as human beings do is draw conclusion. You see a picture of a foresty glade. You see a picture of a smokestack. You see a picture of a destroyed forest. Your conclusion is that smokestack polluted the forest. You cannot help but draw conclusions. We are designed so that we have to fill in the blanks. We can't stop from filling the blanks. But you can stop from posting on the forum and saying, this episode is going to suck. I'm not going to watch it. Who's with me? You have to respect other people enough to allow them to come to their own conclusions. Mm-hmm. And maybe just because you're pissed off that the, that the spoiler report that you read, that there's an episode coming up that's so terrible, maybe reserve yourself from going in there and necessarily posting that just because you feel that way. You know, and that's, I'm not saying that you have to do that. Believe me, I'm not saying that at all. All I'm thinking, all I'm saying is think before you post because other fans and other viewers and other people who are thinking of, of tuning into this show that you have reason enough to sign up on a gate world forum and post about they may be thinking about joining and just maybe starting that journey so you know there's not enough spoilers they they just don't give you enough information to go on accept that for what it is you know and and just see to yourself if i mean certainly i i read stuff and i say you know i don't like that but more and more as i get older benefit giving the benefit of the doubt and trying something anyway uh, is is becoming more and more important to me. Well, yeah, and what I what I look at is, do I like this show overall? Do I like most of what they put out? If I don't like most of what they're putting out, I probably won't keep watching a show. Right. Uh, I learned to trust certain creative people. Uh, I'll watch anything by Joss Whedon now. Uh, I'll watch anything by J.J. Abrams mm-hmm. uh, because I I. I've seen what they did and I loved it so much that I trust their mm-hmm. creative judgment and creative vision and 
maybe they'll come up with something that I'm not a fan of. But looking at an episode of Stargate, um, I'm yeah. I'm always willing to give Brad and Rob and Joe and Paul and everybody there the benefit of the doubt because they've taken us on such a, a wonderful long journey. You and me were sitting with Brad and Rob, and I momentarily took on the guise of, of an irate Stargate fan saying, oh, I love SG-1. I love Atlantis. I've loved the 15 season that you guys have put out. There's no way in hell that I'm going to trust you to do it again with Stargate Universe. Mm. Come on. Come Let's on. talk about Stargate Universe. You want to know how my opinion of spoilers has, has changed in 2009? Yeah, let's talk about that. Gate World is, is definitely going to be pulling the reins back on spoilers even further. And I know I say this at the consternation of people out there who love spoiler reports. There will always be other sites where you can find spoiler reports. Um, but Gate World's, I won't say not going to be publishing them anymore, but Gate World's going to be publishing them much, much uh, less to a less degree and more vague, I think. Because uh i've gotten to a point as a fan where i'm not enjoying the show as much anymore and a lot of that has to do with knowing what's coming um there are other shows that i watch that i'm not spoiled for in the least that that i recognize it's not just the difference in in the show itself it's it's what i know going into the episode but then on the other hand looking ahead to stargate universe and the sort of show that brad and rob are creating as a show that is is more dramatic more about the characters but uh also more of an arc driven show i think spoilers are going to take on a whole new level for stargate universe because you don't have an isolated 44 minute story that you're spoiling and once you're spoiled well it's it's episodic and it's contained and then you move on to the next week and you don't know anything as a as an ongoing arc based show i think universe is is going to be much much easier to spoil huge swaths of material so i don't want it uh, as a fan, I don't want to know the huge arc elements. I, w- I want to see them week to week. Because mm-hmm. in some respects, once you know them, that's it. <laughs> Season two. <laughs> yep. Even if a certain producer posts something tantalizing, you won't go and read it. I don't read. I don't even read my dad's blog. He's furious at me about that. But you know, I I certainly don't read anyone else's. There's a difference between spoiling and tantalizing. I think mm-hmm. spoilers tend to be blow by blow descriptions of scenes mm-hmm. uh, and plot points. Tantalizing is is things like Raw is back in this episode. Yeah. It doesn't tell you anything about the plot. It yeah. just, you know, Raw's been dead for years, so it makes you sit up and say, "Huh?" And mm-hmm. then you start wondering and then you start talking and then you start getting excited about seeing this story and how they're going to do this. That's my goal for this year for Universe is is to not write spoiler reports as much as to write little tantalizing bits that that get people excited. But uh, when those casting sites start coming out, uh, I don't know, it's like getting off crack. Uh, I don't want to read them anymore. My thoughts go out to all the fans of the show who have to stay away from GateWorld because they've just been spoiled so many times by seeing things on the homepage or they stay clear of the forum Mm -hmm. because they're just sick and tired of getting spoiled. And they don't come around anymore. I want to be a place where they can come back to. I want to work on a site where I can say, come on, check us out, you know? You're not going to get burned. Now, Tori Higginson gets pulled from the show. We are going to report that. And if you don't want to know that, then you are going to have to stay away. 
there are certain people who I, I, I've met people who mm-hmm. simply have had to completely extricate themselves from fandom just to maintain a bottle on the show that they watch. Threshold is low. If you consider it too big of a spoiler to learn that that an actor has not signed a contract to come back or something like that, then yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff we have to continue to report. That's what I did for Battlestar, and man, right up until the very end, it was a surprise. That's what I do for Lost. I stay away from Lost fandom. Mm-hmm. I absolutely, except with the exception of you, I stay away. But for Stargate, mm-hmm. it's the air I breathe. There are definitely shows like Stargate that I will read anything and everything I could get my hands on, uh, at least up until now. I'm trying to, to reform. I need to love Stargate Universe. I want to like it, and I need to, to like it. Hi, my name is David, and I'm a spoilaholic. I'm a recovering spoiler aholic. Hi, Darren. <laughs> Hi, Darren. Listener mail. Thanks to everybody for contributing to our discussion on spoilers. We also have a couple of voicemails to listen to this week. Here we go. What's up? It's John from the great state of Tennessee calling about this week's listener question on Ascension. The first time I ever heard about Ascension was in Arthur C. Clarke's novel 2001 A Space Odyssey, wherein the main alien race had ascended to a pure energy state. It's obvious that um, matter can be turned into energy with Einstein's equation equals mc squared, but I don't see how you could retain your consciousness or your awareness uh, when you turned into energy. Uh, It seems like the energy would somewhat dissipate. I don't see how it would be contained into a being, per se. But looking at at it from a spiritual standpoint, like Darren, I am a Christian, so I believe that humans have souls. When we die, um, we will be exist in a um, somewhat energy state and obviously um, living eternally. So looking at it from a scientific standpoint, I would give it a negative, but looking at it from a spiritual standpoint and somewhat of a scientific standpoint, I would say it's um, a go. This is Nathaniel from North Carolina and Atlanta. I was just calling to ask about opening credits. I know SG-1 had some pretty cool opening credits starting with season six and unfortunately ending with the cartoon Digital Gate. And Atlantis always had great opening credits until they cut it down at the end of the last season. So what are your thoughts on hopefully full-length opening credits for SGU, and do you think they will, and do you think it's necessary? What do you think about an opening credit sequence for Universe? I don't think we're going to get one. I think they're much more interested in... I mean, if you look at the last year of Atlantis, they just forfeited it. it when it really boils down to it, storytelling is, is, I think, more important than one minute of the exact same thing for 20 episodes. Well, that's a, that's a good question. Are you going to get storytelling by saving that time? When Sci-Fi originally shortened the SG-1 credits in, I think, Season 9, beginning of Season 9, yes. they showed that little 10-second blurby of, of opening credits, which were not opening credits, it was just the logo. Um, they they did that and got extra commercial time out of it. With the intent to, within the next few episodes, switch over and give it back to That's the, right. the writers. Which, and, of course, we had to complain and have it switch, and so we lost. I love a good long opening sequence. When your opening sequence and your opening music is beautiful score, like Joel Goldsmith can come up with, I love seeing that every week. See, the credits are always something that I skip. So if it's good, I want to see I want to see a whole big long one. Somebody actually asked, I think it was Brad, about the opening credits for Universe, and he said they're they're working on doing something different, whatever that means. Interesting. What's up for May twenty seventh? What are we talking about then, yo? Next week, 
it's time to go back to the future. No, not to the back future, to the past. in time. Let's talk about Stargate SG-1 Season 4. You like it. I like it. Let's talk we about it. We all like it. It's my favorite season. We looked at the calendar and looked at Stargate Universe, probably premiering the first week of October, more than likely. Has not been officially confirmed yet. Uh, and count out the weeks, and we want to finish SG-1 in our Stargate History Series before we get to Universe. Including so, Arc of Truth? I think including Arc of Truth, yeah. So that means we've got we've to gotta do the Stargate History podcast a little bit more frequently. We were doing them about every month, and we're going to start moving to every three weeks, and in some cases on the schedule, every two weeks to make sure that we get through Season 10 and Arc of Truth before Universe premieres. Yeah, it'd be strange to, to leave them hanging, because in all likelihood, Universe is going to air pretty much all the way through, with the exception of, like, holiday breaks, isn't I it? I don't think it will. The latest that we've oh, seen you don't. from sci-fi, this may change, the latest we've seen from sci-fi is that the second half of Universe is currently in the slot for Q2 of 2010. Wow. Which means uh, about a three-month break. So then we'll come back and do the the rest of uh, Atlantis, seasons one through four of Atlantis, and hopefully by then we'll have news about a movie, although I don't suppose the movie would be out by January. No. So we'll come back and, and do uh, Stargate history for Atlantis uh, during the Stargate Universe break. That's our May 27th show, one week from now. June 4th? June 4th, we're talking about Just War on Stargate. This will be our follow-up to the question... Our Replicators Alive, uh, where we talk about... All that esoteric bullshit that a lot of people don't like to listen to us talk about. The centerpiece of this discussion is obviously what you and I continue to bitch and moan about, which is... I know. The, the attack on the Replicator homeworld in Be All My Sins Remembered. Oh, man, guys, would you just get over oh, it? yeah, one note. Just drop it, guys. Just uh, drop it. So it will, I think, after this one. Just War on Stargate. We're not just talking about Beyond My Sins Remembered, but the way in which the, the teams, the SG-1 team and the Atlantis team, uh, wage war, deciding it's who's important. your enemy and then how do you target them and how do you fight them in an, in an ethical way. June 11th. Everybody seems to be talking about Star Trek these days. There's some Star big Trek, movie that? that's that, made that's... like kajillions of dollars. Um, is that what Galaxy Quest is based on? I guess you and I ought to probably talk about it in a few minutes. But uh, June 11th, we're talking about Stargate versus Star Trek. Stargate still uh, exists in the shadow of this giant behemoth franchise. Yeah. And this was your suggestion, so what do you want to talk about on June 11th? I want to talk about Stargate versus Star Trek. Okay, let's do it. In terms of how that is structured, we'll explain that episode. Because this is, I think, it's it's an idea that I want to... Our favorite series I'd like to discuss that, that you and I have in common and that hopefully a few of our listeners uh, will, will occasionally find, oh, I, I like that show too. Let's see what they say about, about these two put together. Not mm -hmm. like them merging, but comparing and contrasting and how they approach story development and things mm -hmm. like that. That's our show for this week. Thanks for tuning in once again. In this episode, David and I talked about the spoiler phenomenon. We also gave you a preview of our upcoming interview with David Nickel. Look for that on the site in just a few days. And First Prime, the audiobook, is available at the end of the month from BigFinish.com. For links to everything we talked about today, head to GateWorld.net and look for the episode number 43 show notes. We really appreciate your feedback, so give us a call at the hotline at 616-712-1647. And you can also leave us a comment in the podcast feedback thread. And we'll see you back here next week for another installment of Ye Old Podcast. 